Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. Dan, we both had the extreme pleasure and joy of being at the Free Zone Summit, which happened in February with Strategic Coach in Palm Beach, Florida. And one of the things that you said that struck me and struck a number of other people was how you talk about how to relate to your past self. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to dive into that because you have a different perspective than some other people I've heard of that's very validating, very positive, but it's different. And you're very conscious and conscientious about how you do that. So if we're talking about how people can think about who they used to be or how they used to show up in the world, what's your take on that? I'll go right to the punchline here. You can't have a bigger future unless you have a better past. Ooh, nice. Okay. You can't have a bigger future until you have a better past. Yeah. And the reason is that none of your learning is in the future. All of your learning is in the past. Oh, Oh, I love that. And the other thing is that nobody has ever spent a waking moment in either the past or the future. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've only ever been in the present. Now, Humans are clever because we've created these mental worlds, we've created these psychological worlds, emotional worlds, called the future and the past, but actually none of us is ever there. But there are things that happen, you know, when we engage the thought of the past that could have been very painful, could have been very uncomfortable. We might have had a sense of failure about them. And... Those prevent you from growing in the future. In other words, growing in the present so that you have a bigger future because we don't grow in the future. We grow in the present and that creates the future. So there's different ways that people go about coming to grips with their past. Mm -hmm. And there's all these things about forgiving yourself of who you used to be. And I think that's faulty thinking. I think it's very faulty thinking. I was who I was in the past, and my experience of who I am is that I'm always trying to do my best, mm. you know, and I'm using the knowledge that I had at that time, I'm using the skills, I'm using the opportunities that I had, and I was as 100% myself mm. back then as I am today, it's just that I've had more experience that I've processed, and it makes me more knowledgeable and skillful and more successful in the present. So I've had a habit for as long as I can remember of processing my experiences. And I had an unusual childhood in the sense that I'm I'm from a big family, but I spent most of my childhood alone with my parents or with adults that my parents knew. So I never played with anyone my age until Mm -hmm. I started first grade. There was no kindergarten because I grew up on a farm and I'm, I have four olders who, when I was born, the next oldest one started first grade. Mm. So they were gone. And on the farm, the four older ones worked out in the fields and I was the houseboy. (laughs) So I had this totally different experience. And so I've got a lot of time to, what I would say, engage with my thinking. And one of the things that I cracked very early, I don't remember when it was, but all I had was adults to talk to. So you didn't know anything, you know, I mean, the adults had vast experiences and you didn't have any. So 
I hit on a question. Like I, I remember I had a next door neighbor, which I've written about a woman who was 78 when I was eight. So I would go next door. They were a dairy farm. So I would go get the milk unpasteurized. We didn't have pasteurized milk. You know, that was my job. One of my house jobs was to go get the milk. You know, and she would chat with me. And somewhere along the line, I asked her the question, Mrs. Wetzel, when you were my age, eight years old, what was going on in the world? Well... Eight years old for her was like the 1870s. Wow. Okay. And what I discovered is that she had never spent a night in her life except in that house. She had never traveled anywhere. You know, and I think the furthest that she had ever traveled might have been 30 or 40 miles. You know, went in the morning and came back later in the day. And there was just amazing things that were going on in her life. But without electricity, without tractors, you know, none of the electronics, you know, radio, television, nothing. The nearby town didn't have a movie theater, and she hadn't really seen any movies. And it really really struck me that everybody lives a full life, regardless of the circumstances. So we see people in the past living in deprived conditions, but everybody fills in their whole life with relationships and activities and interests. And it just fascinated me that, you know, I could just ask questions and just sit there. And if I got an hour out of her, that was worth two glasses of milk and four cookies. (laughs) So there was definitely a, a reward system involved. She did use the telephone, you know, and it was a party line. And she would call my mother and, you know, periodically for one reason or another, but she says, you know, Danny was over here again, and he got me talking, and he always gets me talking about things that happen, and I have never really thought about them until he gets me on the topic, and I see things that happened in the past very differently, and she says, I always feel good about this, (laughs) which is kind of an interesting point because For a long time, my mother didn't know about the coaching that I was doing in the business I was coaching. And when I told her what it was, and she said, well, you were doing that when you were eight years old. Uh And it had two permanent marks on me, is that what I was helping them do, I could do for myself. So I could look at my experiences and go through that. I said, you know, I'm not going to get to 78 before I you know, start examining my my life. I'm going to do it constantly all over. So I've always been taking a look at my day's experience and everything else and kind of saying, you know, what happened here? How was I thinking about it? Uh-huh. And what have I learned? And is there any corrections or changes I need to make? So I was kind of self-correcting, self-educating, self-transforming an early part of my life. And, you know, I mean, that's no mystery why, you know, I became a one-on-one coach and then, you know, created with the team, I've created a whole coaching company. Uh But one of the things that I have is I really like who I was. Uh I really have a great liking for the person I've been. I'm 78. So I'm as old today, you know, as Mrs. Wetzel was when I first started talking to her. And I really like who I was. And, you know, and I had the normal turbulence and upsets of 
childhood, adolescence, the teenage years, the 20s, and everything else. But I like the person who lived back then. I'm not trying to get away from anything. There's nothing uh-huh. I'm trying to forget. Even the most painful experiences are extraordinarily useful. If you treat them as, well, that's what happened, but you had this knowledge level, you had this skill level, you had this experience level when you happened, and you know you did as well as you can. And what it does, if you like who you were in the past, it's natural that you'll like yourself in the present. Uh-huh. And that'll be even more the case when you go into the future. So that's my take on this. It's interesting because if we're hard on ourselves in terms of the past, when we grow and expand to become more capable and bigger in the future, and if we look back with criticism or a lack or a gap, it kind of is a disincentive for growing is one thing. So really appreciating who you are. And what you said that's so key to me is that you were at that point were doing your best with your skill set, with your capabilities, with your knowledge. Um, and there's a grace and a graciousness, which has mm-hmm. always been one of my words for you. And you also grant that to other people, which I've noticed. Like you're like, okay, what I've seen from you is you assume or you kind of give people that grace. They were doing their best. In retrospect, whatever, but they were doing their best in that moment. And how can, and your perspective, aka Mrs. Wetzel, is to say, okay, how can they learn from that experience? How can that be useful for them? Is the tact you take rather than being critical or harsh or Mm -hmm. judgmental? One of the things that I realized along the way, and this has come up in a lot of our podcasts and it comes up in our book recordings when you and I do the interviews for the small books, is that. Any understanding that I grant myself, mm-hmm. I have to grant the same thing to other people in their experience. Mm-hmm. So I said something to Dean Jackson, who's, for those of you who don't know, is one of my many <laughs> podcast partners. I said, you know what I'm discovering more and more as I get older, Dean? And he said, no. I said, being myself is really a full-time job. <laughs> and he just laughed and laughed and left. I said, I really don't have time to criticize other people's life, I said, because just being who I am is a full-time job, and I suspect being who they are is a full-time job, but we're all involved in a full-time job being ourselves. So therefore, how we treat ourselves makes all the difference in the world, since I'm the only human that I have direct access to. Right. How we treat ourselves. Oh, this is so rich. And the thing I also appreciate, Dan, I'd like to dive into more is that you are constantly processing your experiences. Good, bad, painful, not painful. Well, there's just experience. Yeah. Good, bad, and thing as a judgment that you have. Experiences as just experience. You know, it's experience. I think what makes an experience a really bad experience is that you didn't learn anything from it. And you're being controlled by it years later. You're still being controlled by an experience that had negative impact on you when it happened. And you never learned Mm -hmm. why that was. And so the pain is still there. And then you say, I got to get away from this. You know, I can't let this happen. And it distorts your forward progress, Mm -hmm. your inability to learn from a past experience. Your inability to learn from a past experience distorts your future. Your future. It distorts your future, yeah. Right. That's really powerful, Dan. Yeah. Most humans, they themselves will talk about this, that I've met, will say, you know, I used to be open to a lot of things I'm not open to now. 
And I have a suspicion, I haven't really explored this deeply, that they have painful memories. And so they've cut off any activity that gets them back into their. And after a while, they started off with an openness to this much experience. Right. And now they're down to this much experience because everything else, they cross the border into painful territory and they don't want to be reminded of painful territory. Yeah. But if you learn from all your experience, the circle keeps getting bigger of what you're open to. And the reason is because, you know, nothing can happen to you that's going to set you back. Mm-hmm. Only not learning is going to keep you stuck someplace in the past. I love that. Nothing's going to happen will ever set you back. So you can go into the future from the present, very confident, just knowing that you have that capacity, you have that capability to always be learning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a skill that anyone can develop. I mean, it's not peculiar, but you have to stop being trapped in the present by your judgments about things that happened in the past Mm -hmm. that can never change. Right. Yeah. And I just said anything that's negative that happened in the past, I can simply go into that experience again and say, so what really happened here? You know, Mm First of all, what worked about this experience? Because right. I find that even the worst experiences have positive consequences, but you don't see it. And you can't examine the bad part of it because you don't see anything good about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about the way you look back at things, Dan. We have a fabulous tool called Experience Transformer, but you look back on something and you kind of eliminate the buildup of scar tissue is what I was thinking about when you talked about people getting so much smaller, but it kind of breaks it open and you can look at the facts. Mm-hmm. I know for me personally, I'm, no, I'm not alone in this, you can get overwhelmed by the emotion, how it felt. And it's so big and so lucky, whatever word you want to use, that you just don't want to go near it. But if you actually do just get out of your just emotional mind and into your thinking. There are things about the situation that did work. There's good things that have come out of that. There's things that you did learn, even if you didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. And then you can build up that sense of confidence to be able to tackle what didn't work and do something about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This way of approaching things has done me well. So that's all I can Mm -hmm. say about it. It started early and it became more and more conscious and it became more and more active rather than reactive, that more and more, Mm. I know if I go into any situation, there's going to be things that don't suit me. Mm -hmm. And I just keep note of them. And I say, okay, next time we're in a similar situation like this, let's prepare differently. Let's organize differently. Let us get back. That's always been true. So I think it's always going to be true in the future. In any new situation, there's going to be things that I like and things I don't like. And if I don't want the dislikable things to happen again, I'm going to have to change something as a result of the dislikable experience. That is such an amazing mindset, Dan. And I actually just kind of got a model that you drew years and years and years ago, because a lot of people's thinking, sometimes mine included, is that, okay, our intent of learning everything is so that in the past, things worked and they didn't work. We get to now, it's like, okay, now I know enough that things are always going to work. And it's like, no, that's no. going to happen. I mean, the very notion of new means that you haven't dealt with it before. Okay. Yeah. So 
all you have is your previous experience to deal with a new thing. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be part of your previous experience that didn't prepare you for this, doesn't give you the ability to respond to it immediately. And so you're perturbed. I mean, there's a, a disturbance and there's fear. And I consider that just part of the game, that you will always mm -hmm. have things in the future that upset you, disturb you, throw you off balance, paralyze you and everything. I just accept it. But I said, all I have to do is anytime I get into that kind of negative, what I'm experiencing, it's negative. I mean, it's a negative experience. You know, you're charged up and everything mm -hmm. else. Remember that this is quite natural. And the other thing is, Remember, you've transformed this a hundred times, a thousand times in the past, and it always turns out well. And what that does then is you don't try to control things. Mm -hmm. You don't try to control things. Uncomfortable things don't happen. Right. Okay. What you do is you take charge of things mm -hmm. in such a way that the number of good things that happens expands. Mm -hmm. um, I give an example. It's a rainy day, and you're standing right on the curb in a busy city, and a car going too fast comes by, and it hits the deepest puddle on the street right in front of you, and you get drenched. And your immediate approach is, they did that on purpose. Mm. Okay, But the truth of it is, on a rainy day in a bigger city, don't stand on the curb. The other thing, back up to the furthest wall you can, okay? The other thing is make sure that you're outside of the splash zone. And I said, the mm -hmm. other thing is they were late. Wait. They didn't even see you. They didn't even see They don't mm -hmm. even know who you are. They may not have even seen the puddle. No, no, they didn't see the puddle. They were late, you know? And a lot of what happens to us is that it just happened to us. Right. There was no intent on the part of anything else or anyone else to have you have a negative experience. Not only that, they don't even know you had a bad experience. Besides that, they don't really even care. So this is all your business. This is all your experience. This isn't anybody else's experience. Right. I love this, Dan, because it's like how not to take things personally, because it wasn't. You know, stuff is going to happen, and how are you going to learn from it so it doesn't happen again is so useful. Yeah, I think it makes you, you know, when you approach new situations, you go into kind of high awareness. Okay, what's actually happening here, you know? And not immediately assume that you know what's happening because if it's new, you don't know what's happening. But then you have some, what I would call, always work strategies. Right. You know, for example, I'm a very, very high extrovert. But when I'm in a new situation, I don't seem to be. Because mm -hmm. I'm just getting what's actually happening here. And being an extrovert is just going to add to my confusion. Right. You know, and I'm very assertive. I'm a very assertive That's individual, right. but not when I'm in a new experience. I said, I don't even know what to think about this. So how can I know what to do about it? Mm -hmm. So you learn, you soak it up take it in and then once you feel like you've got your bearings then yeah yeah well then you see your area where you can take action you know and i find the first thing i'll do i'll just find somebody to talk to mm -hmm. you know they're adults you know i'm used to adults <laughs> <laughs> since you were really young well yeah 
I really appreciate this, Dan, because I think especially for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial teams, everything is always new. There's new stuff coming up. That's the subject of our next podcast. Yeah, but I think the inability to deal with newness is why people's life gets old. A hundred percent. Yes. I know teenagers who life is already old because mm-hmm. they're so afraid of new experience. Right. They never learned how to grow through new experience. And so they're afraid of new experience. I mean, they're shut down and oftentimes they're tempted to become addicted, you know, to things that make them seem like they're powerful and in control, but they're not. Addictions are giving you an emotional feeling of things are really working, but in fact, there's no growth of knowledge, no growth of skill in the situation. I knew the director of the Toronto Addiction Center Mm -hmm. in the 1970s. I know him to the fact that I knew who he was and he knew who I was, not that we were friends. And he said, you know, it's really, really interesting. Almost all addictions start in the teenage years. And he says the only exception to that is painkillers after 20. But he said, I would say that almost all people who are addicted as adults, it happened around 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. And what it is, he said, it's when the hormone wars go off. And the other thing is that they've largely, from a relationship standpoint, disconnected from their parents, and now it's peer relationships, you know. Mm -hmm. Up until about 10, if you're a parent, you're God to your children. But after 10, they have to start getting ready to leave home, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be through sideways relationships, not vertical relationships. That wasn't my case because I was always looking to the adults. I never depended on peer, but I hadn't up till six. So the the wiring was pretty well set. I can't say I ever learned anything from one of my peer students that helped me later on, Uh but an enormous amount from adults. So I think I'm a bit unique in that respect. You know, and I can spot the other people for whom it's true. Right. You know, I can spot other people who got self-directed at a very early age. Mm-hmm. But, you know, since I'm the person that I know best, it's I really don't know what's going on in, in other people. Yeah. But it becomes so overwhelming that alcohol becomes important to you. Tobacco becomes important to you. And now all sorts of video games. Mm-hmm. Sex becomes very, very important to you, you know, because mm-hmm. it gives you a sense of being masterful. And it was a great line I saw once. It was a teacher. And he said, you know, the thing I noticed is that every generation of new teenagers thinks that they invented sex. (laughs) That they're the first one who actually had. Do you know about this experience? I mean, you guys, you don't seem to know about it. This is amazing, you know. It's good for the continuation of the species. (laughs) You are who you are when you (laughs) you were there. Yeah. But I was a very late developer in a lot of things. I didn't drink alcohol until I was 27. Mm. I was 27 before I drank alcohol. And I think because I wasn't taking any cues from my peers, I wasn't exploring the normal things. Mm -hmm. But I was already plugged into the adult world. I knew what adults did. And after you're not a child anymore, knowing what other adults do, having a mastery of other adults is the key. And look what I do today. Totally. Well, it's interesting, Dan, because what you're just talking about, to me, this is a process 
for becoming an adult is to actually be able to reflect back on your experience, to be able to process it to what worked, what didn't, knowing what I know now, what would I do differently next time, coming up with your new course of action, your strategies, and then doing those things. And then always giving yourself that grace, that graciousness to look back and appreciate that what you did then was the best you could do at Mm -hmm. that moment. And then granting that to other people. And then also just looking ahead, knowing that despite all of your efforts, things are still going to work and not work in your future. And how you handle those is by anticipating them and not making a big deal. It's just like, you made it normal. That's what you did or do. And that I think, again, is so critical for entrepreneurial success is because that's how you stay open and excited instead of closed in and boxed down or buried under all the scar tissue that's built up over the years. Yeah, and I just go back to connect the ending back to the future. Mm -hmm. So I don't really work on the future that much. I'm always working on the past. Mm -hmm. I find if I transform the past into more useful lessons, more useful experience and insights, and coach, we call them concepts and lessons, I find that the future takes care of itself mm-hmm. because it's a byproduct of your present learning. I mean, the future is just a byproduct. Your future can't be any bigger than your, you know, where you are in your present capability. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't worry too much about, you know, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen here. I says, you're fantasizing. You know, we talked about people getting trapped by their past, right. and that's the subject of another podcast. I find people get trapped in their past, Mm -hmm. okay? They get paralyzed and stuck in their past, or they get stuck in the future, but they never really spend very much time in the present. Right. So I think that would be a very useful thing. Until I started dealing with technology people, I hadn't seen how totally trapped they are by the future, which in fact doesn't exist. At least the past exists, (laughs) but the future doesn't even exist, and they're totally trapped. And then they want to control the future in such a way that it doesn't surprise them. Right. Ooh, that's so good. They want a future where they don't have to learn anymore. Right. So always be learning is one of the messages to take from this. Yep. Dan, as usual. The only thing in the future that I've found satisfies that you don't have to learn anymore is death. (laughs) And I have no knowledge of what happens after that. Exactly. I love it. Well, Dan, thank you. This is a very, for me, it's very inspiring. It's also very validating to appreciate who we were before. All future progress will be a result of learning from the past. Mm -hmm. And that whole thing, what worked, what didn't, what can we do differently next time? What's the next course of action? And keep doing that so consciously and to like be welcome and open to the future to see what you can learn to my mind is such an incredible mindset. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. You bet. 